0: So you make a six-figure income and it feels like you can't get ahead, like you're living paycheck to paycheck. Believe it or not, there are a lot of people in this situation. My name is Jim Martin. I'm a financial advisor with Martin Wealth Solutions where we help people just like you plan for and enjoy their retirement. Today, we're talking about how to get control of your financial life, especially if you're in that situation where you have a large income and you're trying to figure out how do you get out of debt? How do you get control of your financial life? How do you save money for retirement, for a car, and still live a good life along the way? I'm excited to be with you on this journey, whether you listen to us on YouTube or on our podcast. And by the way, if you're listening to our podcast and you wanna connect with us on our YouTube channel, go out to YouTube and just type in retirement answers today, and you can be part of the show there. We upload videos Every week, and we do record the podcast and post it there. So, if you want to see my smiling face on your screen, I can't imagine why, but if you do, that's where it's at. So, recently, I met with a new client of ours, a client that had an income of over $400,000 a year. Husband and wife, both in the medical profession, by all accounts, doing tremendously well. However, when I sat down with them, one of their biggest concerns was, I don't feel like I have financial control over my life. We're living paycheck to paycheck. We can't get ahead. How do we get control over this? We're going to walk through the advice I gave them so it can help you be on better financial footing. Whether you're making $50,000 a year or five hundred, dollars or even $5 million a year, this episode is going to help you out. The first thing you're going to need to do is understand your financial situation. Now I think it's important for you to get a really good grasp of that. Understand how much money you're taking home, how much money you're making. So the first thing we wanna figure out is what shows up in your checking account every month. Figure out how much shows up in your checking account and then do the math to figure out what's left over. And that will tell us how much you're living on. So that is really important when understanding your financial situation. You need to know how much money's coming in and how much money's going out. Now, you don't necessarily need to know every dime of it and where it's going at this point, but it's certainly helpful. So I always encourage people to keep a record of their expenses. Now, for a lot of folks, that's really difficult to do. And I'm gonna be honest, that would be really hard for me to do. If I had to track every expense, I would do it for about a week and then I would lose excitement about it and focus and then I would just move on and forget about it. And then I'd make an excuse on why I don't need to do it, which is why people with high incomes They justify their bad decisions along the way. It's like a car. I have been in this profession for a long time, and I have never met anybody that said, Jim, that car lot screwed me. Oh, buddy, they screwed me. They saw me coming and took my money. Nope, it's the exact opposite. It's always like, oh, it was such a great deal. I couldn't pass it up. This truck was so amazing. It was a deal of a lifetime. Or, oh, you would have done it too, Jim. And maybe I would. If I were looking for a car, maybe I would have made the same deal. But chances are, I probably would not. And here's why. I view those kinds of things as commodities. And I recognize, as a human being, that I do the same thing. I try to justify my bad decisions by building logic around it and why I had to do it. Why it was really important. Why the moment, the moment my car broke down for the first time, oh, it... It's never going to make it now. Oh, this car is just going to stop working. I'm going to have to put it up in blocks in my driveway. I need to go get a brand new car. This six-year-old car, no chance it lives another day. Let's go ahead and trade it in. Oh, and they gave me such a great trade-in price. Come on, guys. That's justification for bad decisions. And by the way, we all need cars. We all need houses. We all like to travel. These are all things that are important for folks who are successful. However, just be aware that we justify bad decisions just so we can mentally be okay with making them because we maybe feel a little guilt along the way. So understand your financial decision. You know, Budgeting is important, tracking expenses, having a clear picture of your income versus your spending. If you don't know that, you're never going to get financial control over your situation. Now, I don't love budgeting, okay? So I want to make sure I mention this in understanding your financial situation, understand where the money's going now. But once we understand our situation, we might have to change our budget. Look, we might actually have to have a budget and stick to it, especially if you're in the situation where, you know, you're making a really healthy income and you're spending it all. You've got a problem. And if you want to fix it, you're going to have to enact change. That's how it works. If you wake up one day and you're, your belt's tight and you want to lose weight, It's not going to happen by thinking about it. You're either going to need to eat less, work out more, or go get Ozempic or whatever the weight loss drugs are. That's what you're going to have to do. Same thing with spending. We're going to have to go on a diet here a little bit. So we're going to have to create a budget and live within it. Now, as we're doing that, we also have some other financial priorities that are important. We're going to need an emergency fund. And an emergency fund is not something you dip into to take a trip to Aruba. It is there for an emergency now what's an emergency you say a heat pump going out a roof uh, on your house that has to get replaced things that are unpredictable would generally be referred to as an emergency and ultimately we don't want to tap into our emergency fund if we can avoid it and the reason that is is because we don't know when an emergency is going to happen and if we deplete that money we might be in a bad situation again we want three to six months of income your net income that shows up in your checking account. If $15,000 a month shows up in your checking account, you need at least $45,000 in your emergency fund. Now, what should it be in? Should it be in the stock market? Nope. Is your brokerage account or your 401k, is that an emergency fund? It is not. An emergency fund needs to be in something that's incredibly liquid, that you can cash it out tomorrow and walk out with $100 bills. The problem with stock-based or mutual fund-based emergency funds, $50,000 could turn into $30,000, and then we've kind of gotten rid of the idea of having it there for an emergency because the value could be significantly less when you need it. So make sure it's in the right place. How about debt, though? What should we do about debt? Well, pay it off. like Pay it off as quickly as you can. Ha- having debt is not a great idea for a lot of reasons. You've got to you've got to pay it back is the number one thing. It also teaches you not to live within your means. If you have debt that's not student loan debt, you're living outside of your means, generally speaking. Now, obviously, if you have a mortgage, we all need a place to live, and it's completely reasonable how to have a mortgage, but it's important to make sure you can afford that mortgage. Now, high income earners, oftentimes they walk in social circles where they want to have the illusion of wealth. So they have a big house and a fancy car, and they send their kids to private school, and they do all the stuff that, you know, the average wealthy person would do. And oftentimes they don't have enough money on the back end to do all the things they want to do. So they go into debt and it exacerbates the situation. So you're going to have to make some hard decisions here. You're going to have to figure out what's more important to you your long term financial health or impressing people that. You really don't like that much. So that's going to be up for you to make those decisions. But get out of debt. Pay off those high-interest credit cards. If you have a mortgage, not the end of the world, but work to get it done. If you have student loans, not the end of the world, but work to pay them off. We're talking about trying to get those done. The way I like to pay debt off is what's referred to as a debt snowball. Google that. I'll give you a rough uh, example here. But let's imagine you had five debts. And each one of them started from 1,000 to 2,000 to 3,000 to 4,000 to 5,000. The one with the most had 5,000, the one with the least had 1,000. And what we do is we pay the minimum on all of the debts minus the smallest. And we work to pay the smallest off first. And when we pay off the smallest, then we take the money we're dumping into the smallest and apply it to the next largest, or next smallest rather. And we start from the bottom up. Now that might not sound super logical, for somebody who is mathematically inclined because they're gonna say to me, well, Jim, shouldn't I pay off the one with the highest interest rate? And mathematically, yes, but the fact is, we're more than mathematics and more than equations on a piece of paper. And if we were really focused on that, we would have never went into debt to start with. What this does for you, it gives you a win. And don't underestimate the idea of getting wins as we're trying to get a handle on our financial assets. If you have a small win, it will encourage you to do more things. It's why in lots of things in life, we recognize those small wins, those small achievements, so we can focus on the larger goal. So look up Debt Snowball. That's my favorite way to pay off debt. I'm a big fan of it, and I think it could help you if you feel a little out of control around your debt. We also need to make sure we have some financial goals. We need to to set clear goals. Do you wanna pay for your kid's college education? Are you trying to save for a house? When's retirement? Think about your goals. And this might take some soul searching. You know, a lot of people, they've, they just work. They, they go to work, they live the best life they can, they love their families, but they don't really have financial goals. So you might wanna do some soul searching here. Figure out what's important to you. And then let's prioritize that. And here's the deal, we're not talking about dreams. There's a big difference between financial dreams and financial goals. Financial dreams are like this. I don't want to fly commercial anymore. I want to fly on a private jet. Cool. That's a dream, right? A financial goal might be, I want to retire by the time I'm 62 years old, and I'm saving X, Y, and Z to get there. You see, there's a difference between dreams and goals. Dreams are just dreams. We all have them. Your kids have them, and your family has them, and they're fun to think about. Like I have a dream that I want to go to the North Pole. I have no goal to go to the North Pole. I'm not planned for it. I'm not researched it. I'm not talking to my family about it. Just a dream. Just seems cool. I like the idea of it. But we're we're planning to go out west or go to Norway. Th- those are things where we have goals to do. We're we've, we're researching the areas and where we want to go and what we want to do and what that looks like. You see, there's a big difference between dreams and goals. Dreams are awesome, though. Let's be really clear here. I'm not telling people not to dream. It's what propels us forward as a human race. I mean, people had dreams to get to the stars and then we've went up in rockets and space shuttles and done all kinds of cool things. And now I guess Elon Musk owns space, but people, people got there from dreaming first and then building goals for you. It's cool to dream. I think it's really good, but make sure you have goals. I want to get out of debt by X date. I want to retire by Y date. I want to have a certain dollar amount saved. I want to pay for my kids' Two years of their education. Those are goals. Dreams are things that don't have dates or activities attached to them. Nothing wrong with dreaming, but let's make sure we understand the difference. So it's important to have financial goals. So once we dialed in our budgeting, make sure we have an emergency fund, we have a debt management plan, and we have some financial goals, now it's time to start doing some investing. And I like to tell people pay yourself first. So let's imagine you make. $200,000 $200,000 a year, and your goal is to save 15%. So now you're going to need to save $30,000 in order to get there. How are you going to do it? Well, you need to pay yourself first. That's The easiest way to get ahead is just start taking a portion of your paycheck and paying it into your 401k or a Roth IRA or a brokerage account. It doesn't really matter what you're going to do. It's just important to begin the activity of saving money. But so many people with big incomes, they're only saving 5% or 6% in their 401k and thinking that's enough. The biggest risk these folks face is they're probably going to be able to cash flow their life. You know, for the next 20 or 30 years, you're going to make enough in your check to pay your bills and save a little bit in your 401k. But the problem is, is when you get to retirement, it's going to take a lot, a metric ton of money to replace that income. So a lot of high income earners, what they figure out. They get to 60 years old, and they have to take like 50 to 60 to 70% pay cuts because they are unwilling to pay themselves first along the way. So begin with that discipline. Begin to understand the investment basics and its role in wealth building. Understand what Roth IRAs are and 401Ks. Understand that you need to get your match. Understand what, how taxes work as it relates to all of these investments. Understand the basics of investing and how to do it, and make sure you pay yourself first, and that will pay lifetime dividends. Okay, so we went through some of the strategies that are out there. We talked, you know, obviously about you got to make sure you understand your financial situation, some of the strategies to put yourself on the right track, but here's the real thing. Here's what gets most people in trouble. They're really unwilling to change their lifestyle or their mindset. It's something I see a lot. Again, it comes into that lifestyle creep that we talk about where, you know, you make three hundred thousand dollars a year and you're walking in a certain social network, you're sending your kids to private school, maybe, you're going to nice restaurants, you're taking trips, you live in a nice neighborhood, and all of a sudden the people around you have nice lives as well. They're all as messed up as you, by the way. Don't ever think that don't ever think just because uh you're stressing out a little bit about money that your neighbor down the street, who has the new Mercedes, is not doing the same thing. Don't think that they're not financed in debt ridden up to their eyeballs. Find the person in your neighborhood driving a Buick or a 20-year-old vehicle that you all think, eh, they don't really have a lot. They probably have the most. That's probably the person with the biggest bankroll. I'm just guessing, but it's usually not the person with the Mercedes. I can promise you that. So we need to think about our mindset. And here's, here's what this means. Avoid unnecessary expenses. Make mindful financial decisions. And a lot of this comes into the idea of as we make more money, we justify things. We justify new cars. We justify trips. We justify buying our kids German vehicles or very high-end cars, or or buying them new clothes or or whatever this is. We justify it because well, their friends do it, and we don't want them to feel like ostracized by their social network. Or the Millers down the street, you know, they took a terrific trip out to Aspen, so we need to go out to Vale because uh, they told us what a great time it was. Look, if you can afford to do all that, I think you should. If you don't have debt and you're saving 15% of your income and you have an emergency fund, sure, spend as much money as you want, as, it, as long as it makes sense in your financial plan. But if you know in your heart of hearts that you're one paycheck away from the curb, that you're living paycheck to paycheck as somebody making six figures, you need to change your mindset. And that might affect your standard of living. It could. Maybe you're not buying the $50 bottles of wine. Maybe you're going back down to the $10 shelf at uh, the grocery store. Uh, And this is something that's interesting. I had this conversation with my wife a couple years ago. When I first met my wife, when she bought wine, it was like, you know, the two-buck chuck from Trader Joe's, or maybe it's three-buck chuck now. I don't know, $5 chuck. Pardon the interruption. Jim and his all star team have developed and refined a retirement planning process that simplifies everything. It's called the Complete Retirement Blueprint, and it focuses on your complete retirement, taxes, income, and investments. It takes the guesswork out of your retirement, and best of all, it's easy. It starts by answering eight simple questions to determine if you are on track to hit your goals. Don't make a mistake at this point in your life. Get started today by visiting retirewithmartin.com and let's make sure your plan is on track. Visit retirewithmartin.com and take the guesswork out of your retirement. Now, back to the show. As our financial situation got better, I just noticed that she kept moving up the shelf at the grocery store and I brought it and pointed it out to her one day. She's like, no, no, that's not happening. And I said, how did you go from $5 bottles of wine to $20 bottles of wine then? And we had a good chuckle about it. And it's happens to all of us. It's called lifestyle creep. You go out to nicer restaurants, you order an appetizer or a bottle of wine and dessert. and uh, And when you fly, maybe you've convinced yourself that you really need to sit in first class because it is just so rough. It's so hard sitting in coach. You just can't handle sitting back there. And And you need the nicer car and your kids, they need to drive, you know, very new vehicles because it's for their safety. As if a 2016 Honda Civic isn't safe, we need to make sure we get a brand new one to keep little Johnny or little little whoever safe. Look, I get it. I'm the same way. I get there too. However, making those mindset shifts, thinking about this, where you're at, can play a big deal for you in the future. And understanding where you spend your money and how you spend your money. It's a big deal. And not trying to impress people down the road. So you have a decision to make. You might have to be a little weird. And that's tough for people. You know, at the end of the day, you might not get to go to every dinner party. You might not drive the nicest and newest car. You might not take the biggest vacations. It doesn't have to be something extreme. And your kid, they don't have to drive a 2022 Mercedes or Audi or Lexus or anything like that. They're going to be okay in a nice car that's safe i mean it's important put them in a nice car that's safe but they don't have to drive a brand new car you know at this point in my life i'm really fortunate i can drive any vehicle i want but i always chuckle when i see people my friends their children drive nicer cars than i do and i don't drive terrible cars by the way but they drive nicer cars i have friends who their kids are driving like new mercedes or audi's they're brand new they spent fifty thousand dollars on these cars And I just have to chuckle to myself because I know if I went and looked at their net worth and I really dug into it, they're living paycheck to paycheck because they're making lifestyle decisions based upon a set of values that I don't hold. I love my kids and I want to make sure they're safe. And I like driving nice vehicles and we go on nice trips and we live in a nice home. But my primary aspiration is not to keep my social standing. If you think less of me because of that, I didn't need you as a friend to start with. And I think that's the attitude you need to take with the people in your life. So here's the deal. If you're saving 15% of everything you make, you have an emergency fund, you don't have debt, knock yourself out and spend your money wherever you want. I mean, you make it to spend it. You can't take it with you. So have fun with it. But if it feels tight and you're living paycheck to paycheck, you're going to have to make some changes here. And it starts with that mindset shift. So here's the last thing on my list and something I think is really important. Seek some professional guidance. If you're in a situation where you haven't been able to figure this out and you're living paycheck to paycheck while making 250 grand a year or more, it's time to sit down with a financial advisor and actually listen to what they say and take their advice. I think it's really important. You have not been able to figure it out on your own. You know what to do, obviously. You're highly intelligent, but it's the what to do and the how to do it. Like, you know you should, how do I do it? And that's where a financial advisor can really come in, look at your cash flow, and help you make those decisions on paying yourself first and making sure you set that money back. People in their 40s and 50s who are making high incomes generally think they have all the answers. They're very proud of their incomes and for good reason. They know they've done something right. They, in, in their chosen career, they are hyper successful. Kudos to them. It is not easy to get there. Not everybody does. It's a big, big deal. But you should also understand the value and the power of delegation. And think about the idea of delegating this out. If you've gone to the gym and never been able to figure out how to lift the weights, and and I I use gym analogies, and I'm the worst person to use this. I hate going to the gym. But I'll tell you what, when I started working out with a professional, I got better. You know, I got stronger. I got more fit. And I think that's the case for a lot of people who are out here as well, is that they're in this situation where, hey, I I make a lot of money, I'm really smart, but I'm out of control financially. Find a financial advisor to help you out on that journey. Don't do it alone, because so far it hasn't worked out really well for you. Don't confuse the fact that your income is not necessarily your financial wealth. And just because you make a large income does not necessarily mean you understand how to manage money and manage wealth. So be open to delegating that as part of your situation. And I think that could put you in a better situation. So I hope this information was useful to you. Whether you make $50,000 a year or $500,000 a year, you can apply these same principles to your life and put yourself in a better financial position. Remember, we talk about planning well and retiring happy. And it's important the sooner you get started, the better off you'll be. So don't drag your feet. So don't procrastinate. Get serious and take action. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. This is uh, Jim Martin. We'll be back next week. Take care. We appreciate you joining us today for this episode of the podcast. Opinions voiced in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives. Information provided is not intended as tax or legal advice. You are encouraged to seek tax or legal advice from an independent professional. We are not affiliated with Social Security or any governmental agency. New River Financial Group LLC is a registered investment advisor offering advisory services in the state of Virginia and other jurisdictions where exempted. New River Financial Group LLC doing business as Martin Wealth Solutions. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining value.